You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are diving into three things that will crush your recreational tumbling, recreational class growth. Now, before we get into the episode, as always, head on over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on Facebook and join that group if you're a gym owner. Head over to All Star Cheer Coaches and Owners if you're a cheer coach or a cheer coach and owner. And check out nextgenowners.com where you can learn more about how to join the academy. And my last big plug is make sure you go to Amazon and you get Danielle's new book. It is uh, The Gym Owner's Handbook. Wow, I almost forgot the title. It's The Gym Owner's Handbook. It's absolutely fantastic. She just released it this last week. We had copies at our conference that we just got back from today. Um, we sold a bunch of copies while we were there, gave away a bunch of copies. It's absolutely a game-changing book if you're a gym owner. I can tell you that even as someone who has been a gym owner for a long time, even when I'm reading things that I may already know some of the information, hearing it from another perspective or another way of implementing it makes a big difference and oftentimes will help me reorient and reframe because we are always in that point in our business where we need to be reassessing and we need to be looking at what is working well and what is not working well. And sometimes something that was working well needs to get readjusted and needs to be tweaked or improved upon. Uh, the worst answer for doing anything is because I've always done it that way. Now, I digressed a little bit. Uh, I've, I've been at conference, so I've been talking a whole bunch. Uh, I've been doing uh, a lot of stuff with different amazing gym owners while we were there. I got to meet a ton of amazing people. It was one of my favorite conferences, uh, although I feel like you're probably like, Dan, you say that every single time. And you're right. I do say that every single time because every single time I get to surround myself with a hundred plus amazing gym owners who are on this journey together and we get to share knowledge and collaborate and work together is just super exciting. And so I, uh, I think I leave always feeling like it was great because it always is really great. Now, we're going to be getting into some things today and these three things that will crush your rec growth. And some of the things that I'm going to talk about, I actually know uh, that there are people right now who, when they hear these things, are going to disagree with me, maybe vehemently disagree with me, because there's people out there right now encouraging people to do these things or something similar. Uh, I have seen it on Facebook groups. I've seen it promoted by um, potential uh, people who give business style advice. And I'm going to give you the things that will crush your rec growth and why. Now, I'm not, I don't have time to go into all the different things I would do instead all the way through, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and give you some actionable things leaving the podcast. So these things, in my opinion, will absolutely crush your rec class growth. And all of them are recommended regularly by other people. Now, why is it my opinion that they'll crush your rec growth? Because I've seen the data, because I've seen it in so many different gyms, and I've seen what happens when they stop doing things this way and how much that improves things. So number one, 
This one drives me absolutely bonkers. And it is offering all the things. You offer ninja, you offer cheer, you offer gymnastics, you offer silks, you offer acrobatics, you offer birthday parties, you offer preschool, you offer uh, 18 million camps, you offer this, you offer that, you offer so many things, especially when you're in like a eight, 9,000 square foot facility. You've got 92 million things going on at any one given time on any scheduled day. You just offer all the things in the world. And now some people would say, well, Dan, we've heard you talk about diversification of programming. And you're right. You probably have because there are times in your life, time in your business growth where diversification does make sense. It is the right move but it's not always the right move. And it will absolutely crush your growth to try and do a million different things because you can only focus on and be amazing at so many things at a given time. I would refer this back or I would relate this to going to the Cheesecake Factory. Now, if uh, Rihanna and Danielle and those guys are listening, they've heard me talk about the Cheesecake Factory because I just talked about it this last weekend, and they heard me say, I hate the Cheesecake Factory. Now, do I hate it? No. There's much worse places to eat, but I don't like it, and they they asked why, and I said, because the menu's so freaking big that everything, one, it's a million, it's, it's overwhelming to decide what you want to eat, and they were like, oh yeah, I totally agree with that, and nothing they make is that great except maybe the cheesecake. And I generally go with like an original or like with some raspberry sauce on it, you know, something more straightforward. Because when you start to offer all these options, one in your classes, when you offer all these million options, when you have a new prospective client coming in, they don't know necessarily what to pick from. They don't know the difference between, uh, you know, cheer tumbling terms. So if you're using all this intense cheer tumbling terminology, they may not understand what that means. Uh, you're trying to get people who are new to the sport to be able to come into your gym and understand what they're doing. And if you offer a bajillion different things, they don't even know where to start. I don't know what the difference between ninja and gymnastics and cheernastics and, and, uh, cheer and gymnastics cheer and, uh, acrobatics and floor acrobatics. And I mean, there are so many different things that people title things and offer that it can become confusing and overwhelming for prospective clients. And also you're not getting amazing at anything. Now, am I saying that offering any small sampling of those things is a bad thing. No, not a single one of them is wrong. Can you run amazing ninja programs? Yes. Can you run amazing tumbling programs? Yes. Can you run amazing um, recreational cheer programs? Yes. Like every single thing I've talked about, you can run and run profitably, but it will stunt your growth and it will, it will make things much more difficult if you're trying to offer all of the things, especially if you're trying to offer all of the things before you've become a master at the other things. So if you're like, I'm going to start a recreational program and I'm going to start a recreational program by offering all the different things that I've seen, all the different next gen Academy people do and every gym on Facebook says I should do. And the next thing you know, you're offering 72 different classes with different curriculums marketing to different avatars, and it becomes just you you white noise yourself. Also, when you offer so many things, you make it really hard to market. So I recently 
uh, ha- saw this conversation on Facebook where someone was trying to figure out uh, why registration was low for some things. And one of the things that was going into, it was, it was like one-off clinics. And they were trying really hard. Like it had nothing to do with lack of effort. Um, but I've oftentimes seen gym owners will offer, they're like, oh, I've seen that we should do a Paw Patrol clinic. So I'm going to do on the first weekend, a Paw Patrol clinic. And on the next weekend, I'm going to do a Barbie clinic. And on the next weekend, I'm going to do this clinic. And the next weekend, this clinic. And the next weekend, this clinic. And then we're going to do this, 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 this. Oh, and we're going to do birthday parties. And we're going to, and the next thing you know, there's not enough time in the day to be effectively engaging with clients because all you're doing is posting marketing material. And there's no reason or incentive to register because if they miss that clinic, there's just going to be another one the next weekend. So you have, you're actually white noising yourself out. You're not creating any scarcity and you're actually decreasing the amount that people will enroll in things because when there is an abundance, there is actually less, less demand, generally speaking, right? We want a low supply and high demand now within reason, but that is an actual thing that you should be considering. Are you creating too much supply? Are you making things too confusing for your clients? Now, I could do a whole podcast just on this and all my thoughts on this, but we're going to go on to number two. And number two, and this is a big one, offering unlimited tumbling. Awful. Please don't do it anymore. Okay, I know there are people out there that will suggest you do it. And you may be going, but Dan, I have unlimited tumbling and people really like it. I'm sure that they do. Because you are taking it in the shorts when you offer unlimited tumbling, unless you're charging a really high premium price. And what I think is a high premium price likely is not what you think a high premium price is. If you wanted to do unlimited tumbling in my facility, it would be something like $3.99 a month. And not $3.99, I'm talking $399. Because... If you do one class a week, it's 119 a month. If you want to get to four classes a week, you're paying over $200 in our facility. So if I'm going to give you unlimited and we offer over 32 classes that you can come to, yeah, you're going to pay a really premium price for that. Now, I don't like unlimited for a variety of reasons. Number one is it's nearly impossible to price it in a manner that it is effective for the gym. Uh, Yes, I understand that being able to say unlimited sounds really, really great when you're trying to close that sale. Hey, sign up and pay $59 or $79 or $89 for unlimited tumbling. And you are, in my opinion, undervaluing yourself when you can say you can have as much of our product as you want for $89, right? I'm going to do a lot of food references today, and this one just came to me, right? But when I go to, if I'm in Vegas, I can pay $30 or $29.99 for me and every single person with me, that each person to go to a buffet. And it's unlimited. I can eat as much as I want. But it's and it's $29.99. That's actually somewhat expensive for a single meal, uh, especially when that single meal is, you know, a couple slices of pizza and a scoop. Of, like when I'm actually thinking of the quality of the food, it's kind of expensive. In fact, buffets, in my opinion, are very expensive unless you're going to eat a ton and you want to eat a ton of mediocre food. People don't think of buffets as being like 
elite, amazing, like the best of the best. You want to make your tumbling program great. You want people to feel like they're getting something that is really, really of value. They're not getting the buffet. And when you offer things unlimited, you're saying we are a buffet. You can take as much as you want. It's all really the same value. Now, the theory is that you will get people who sign up for one class, who pay for unlimited, but only take one class. So you can kind of oversell. You can do the uh, airline model where it's like, here's your seat, but we've oversold oversold the seats. And there are strategies to do this and make it work. But inevitably, as people, if you are offering a great service, people will take advantage of it because they're going to really like it. And with the way that tumbling and cheerleading classes work um, or gymnastics classes work is there is a certain student to instructor ratio that is really, really important. Now, I just took my kids from a jujitsu class. My boys just left jujitsu. And our jujitsu gym does unlimited. Now, if I talk to the owners, I would tell them I don't think they should, but it works okay for them because they don't really run out of space. They could, they could get to the point where their enrollment is running out of space, but whether some nights we go and there's 15 kids in class, some nights we go and there are 40 kids in one class and it's a couple instructors. Why? Because it doesn't take the same work. Uh, They're not having to set up stations and drills, right? They teach them a skill, they practice the skill. They teach them another skill, they practice that skill. Uh, They free roll, the instructors watch around and walk around and and give them critiques and watch them. They're not like coaching at the same level that we coach in a cheer gym because they can do it that way. It's a different sport, so it works. I do not think unlimited tumbling works from a financial perspective and also from a growth perspective. And here's why I think it affects your growth. One is because you're a buffet, people are like, oh, I can come and go when I please. Also, you if you're offering a really great service, it's likely people are going to do more than one class. In fact, it's very likely that people are going to do two or three classes. I'll tell you a quick little story. We offered unlimited tumbling way back when because someone who told us they were a guru in the sport uh, or in youth sports in general, um, that, that, that is what you should do to get more members. And so we were like, okay, well this, you're saying this works, we're going to give it a go. And we did. And at first, because we were kind of still looking at it through rose colored glasses, we were like, holy moly, we have to add more classes. All of our classes are full. And they were, we had like nine kids in every class and kids like wait listed for the class. Not kids waitlisted for a membership, but waitlisted for the class. Nine and 10 kids, um, 10 kids with waitlists. Like it was crazy. And so we started adding more classes. We added more classes and they filled up right away, instantaneously. We would add a new class and boom, it would be full. And then I realized we were running a hostel for little hooligans because parents would drop them off and they would just be registered for four classes. They'd do four classes and then they'd come pick their kids up at the end of the night and they drop them off the next day and they were paying nothing. So we had of our classes that we were doing when we had unlimited, we had over 140 at that point in time, independent slots that could be filled by people in classes. And those 140 spots were taken up by about 46 kids. I'm, I'm pausing to let that sink in because Yes, that's insane. 
So every time we added a class, the same kids that had paid the same membership fee were filling those classes, but my expenses went up. I was paying a new staff member. I was paying for that time. And like I was, that cost me money, but I wasn't bringing in any more money because we were on, on, on an unlimited membership. So go away from unlimited memberships. You need to go to a, a, I personally like a class-based membership. One classes, two classes, three classes. And it's okay if you want to package them competitively. Ours does get a little bit cheaper as you go higher in the class, like if you take more classes. And the reality is, is that I actually make less. So I don't necessarily want to upsell someone to four classes a week because I would make more money having four people on one class a week filling those spots than I would one class filling for one person filling four classes because I do kind of decrease the cost of it. Um, there's different ways to look at that. It works for us right now. I will reassess it again because I'm not going to just keep doing the same thing over and over again and, and saying it's perfect, but that's how we've done it. And it works so much better. And actually our enrollment has gone significantly up once we went away from unlimited tumbling because there were classes for people to take. Number three, duration contracts or sessions are killing your growth. Now, what do I mean by duration contracts? I mean, when you have someone join your recreational program saying, hey, you're going to sign up for a seven-month contract or a 12-month contract or a three-month contract, or you're signing up for this session. Here's why it's killing your growth. Number one, when you are talking long-term contracts, seven and 12 months, unless a kid really loves it or a parent is really convinced that what you are doing uh, is something they want their kid in, uh, it is harder to sell them on that, okay? The, the whole contract game that was really popular way back in the day, like I'm sure you can all remember if you're in your 30s having to get your cell phone and you had to sign your cell phone contract and that thing was like worse than signing a prenup, right? you If you canceled early, you paid a whole ton of money, like you were locked into those contracts. It was crazy, but they've gradually gone away because of legal issues and things like that. And people just aren't really into them. Most pricing today is kind of a month to month reoccurring membership. Um, and, and I'm talking with everything. Think about things you buy on your phone. Now, can you do a contract and say, Hey, it's X dollars a month. And if you buy the year in full, you can pay this amount and it'll save you $200. Yeah, you can. Lots of people do it with all-stars. Lots of people do a pay-in-full all-star option. You can do the same thing with rec. Do you have to have a good contract for that? Yes, you do if you're not going to be offering refunds. But you can certainly do something like that. Sessions and duration contracts. So duration contracts are a hard sell because one, people don't like them. And two, as a parent myself, I don't always know what my kids are going to like long term. I also may have a kid who plays multiple sports and it just doesn't work for us to do 12 months. And 
way back when we tried the, out this contract theory because it was being promoted to us. Um, that was a big thing we encountered was people were like, oh, well, they're going to be playing soccer in three months. So seven months doesn't work for us. And we don't want to do 12 months. And we did the whole, well, we can pause it and all that. But it was just creating a friction point that didn't need to be there. And here's what happened when people wanted to get out of their 12-month contract. They just canceled it and stopped coming. And if we tried to build them, they would cancel their card or go in and remove it from their profile, or they would dispute the charges. Like, And generally speaking, we would just be like, okay, because it wasn't worth the headache and the negative reviews and all that stuff. So there's no point in having this 12-month contract that you're going to hold over people's head when it's not, not really enforceable. Number two is sessions. And I don't like sessions because you are putting an expiration date on your relationship. I don't like people to know that our relationship ends and needs to be reevaluated at this date when it comes to recreational tumbling. We already have it baked into the cake with uh, teams uh, in cheer. Now, in gymnastics teams, it's really not baked into the cake. Gymnast gymnasts, when they join team gymnastics, you're in it until you quit. It is only in all-star cheerleading in kind of this, this sphere um, that we do it that way which I think it would be really interesting to be like, you're joining our program, you're auto-registered for the next season. We're not actually going to, you don't disenroll unless you want to be disenrolled. Um, I have yet to try that and I'm not necessarily going to just experiment with it yet. I'm not telling you to do it, but I'm saying that when you put an end date on things, you now have to resell people. You give people an opportunity to say, okay, we're just going to bite it out because it's you know one more month on our, on our session, so we'll just suffer through it. And you've got to now reconvince them to join. And if they've had a bad experience in that couple weeks, it may be harder to get them to rejoin. So I am a much bigger proponent of month-to-month subscription-based memberships, which means you enroll in our program just like you would enroll in a Planet Fitness or 24-Hour Fitness or any real fitness gym. Hey, this is what it is each month. It's your membership fee. In order to cancel, you give us notice. Otherwise, you're a member until you don't want to be a member anymore. But we're not going to arbitrarily set a date that this ends. And that is how I would recommend doing it to improve your growth. Because it's a lot easier to sell to people, right? It's a lot scarier to sign up for six months or seven or seven months or 12 months than it is to say, hey, it's it's a reoccurring monthly membership. You can cancel at any time with 30 days notice or 15 days notice or whatever it is you want to give us. Now, my honorable mention, because I said I was only going to give you three, is your pricing being too low will crush your rec growth. Now, I know those two things seems like they are in conflict, but they're not. If your pricing is too low, you are going to attract the wrong avatar. Your people who are willing to pay more are not going to think you are of value and they will not go to you. And your people who are willing or are willing to pay a low amount are much more likely to cut you quickly because if all they can afford is $30 a month to spend on tumbling, then they're in a position in their lives where financial emergencies can arise very quickly. A very small hit to their paycheck uh, could substantially impact their family and make it so those things like tumbling and disposable opportunities are really easy to cut. So by having a higher priced item, you attract people who have a higher tolerance for fluctuations in their income 
and they generally have a higher amount of disposable income. Do you want to be at the top of their disposable income? No, you don't. But you want to be at a much higher rate because you're going to attract people who are interested in paying a higher premium for your product. Now, as we leave this episode, I want you to do a couple things. Number one, if you this fits you, I want you to reassess. So if you are doing all the things and you're not doing all the things really well or you, you're registered, your numbers are low, I want you to look at what you can potentially cut right? Go back and assess and be like, we've got three kids in this program. Let's move them to something else, offer them, you know, another opportunity, and then let's stop doing this program for now. Um, you know, make that assessment. It's highly unlikely that you're doing every single possible thing in the world and you're doing it all exceptionally. So go and look at what program is not going well and either figure out, do you need to emphasize that program and do better at it because it's part of your identity or it's part of your core values or is it something that you need to let go? If you're offering unlimited tumbling, stop. If you are doing duration contracts or sessions, switch to subscriptions, uh, monthly reoccurring subscription to your membership. And lastly, number four is make sure your pricing is effective. You do not want to be the gym that every single person in the world can afford. That's not where you want to be. You want to find your sweet spot. There's a lot of nuance to pricing and how to set up your pricing. Uh, oftentimes I hear people talk about it somewhat flippantly, like, uh, that you don't need, to, it's not really that important. Like just set your pricing, just, you know, look at the other programs and pick which one is a little bit higher, a little bit, you know, be in the middle. I, that is not the way to do pricing. Um, I'm very passionate about this subject, uh, and I'll have more details for you later on as to why, but I'm really important, really passionate about pricing. I think it is a huge thing that needs to be talked about more in our industry. Um, but look at those things. Spend some time on them. Sit down with your business partner. Crunch the numbers. If you don't have a business partner, you know, sit down with your next-gen coach. If you need a coach, if you need help doing these things, because all of the things I'm talking about crushing your rec growth are things that can be really big problems that can need a lot of time to work through. And having a guide can be very helpful. If you need a coach, if you need some help, reach out to NextGen. Uh, you can hop on the phone with Justin or me or Danielle or one of our team and learn more about the academy and how we pair people with coaches and what it entails and how we're going to help you grow your gym. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a listener. And with that, we will catch you on the next episode. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody, Kristen here. We know that you love cheer, so why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parents' perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. 
If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.